Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast, where Welsh rugby matters. What is happening in Wales? First, we banish the hoodoo against Australia then running 10 tries in the so-called lesser game. Could it all be leading to the autumn clean sweep? We were in Cardiff for the game yesterday, and big thanks to Mark Gardner at MSG Tours for sorting that for us. Uh, And there's no shortage of things to discuss. So Dan and I recorded this episode on the way back from the game. Uh, Had a look at what have been some amazing tries, uh, yeah, looked a little bit nervous at, at one point, particularly uh, particularly around the half-time mark, uh, but a really good performance. And most importantly, we look ahead to next week against South Africa in what promises to be an absolutely amazing game. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, so make sure you follow us on Facebook. Send us a tweet at Attacking Scrum. Uh, you can find us on Instagram by searching for Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum. And be sure to join our Facebook group, which is simply called Wales Rugby Fans. And before we get underway, quick thank you as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, Christmas will be soon upon us, so if you're looking for any gift ideas, make sure you head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk if there is a coffee fan in your family. Right, here's the show. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast on the road, quite literally as we're just heading out of Cardiff having witnessed Wales beat Tonga by 74 points to 24. We're in the stadium for that game today so we are bringing you this fresh off the press, fresh off the boat, bloody fresh podcast and uh, hopefully it will sound a lot fresher than I feel because I do feel a bit groggy and tired. Dan Killick is with me doing the legwork, he's driving, how are you doing? Yeah, good. As always, I normally do the driving. Yeah, you do, to be fair. What a win. Big, big win. Don't think, um, I don't know, we didn't see, well, nobody could have predicted that, that it would be that high a scoreline. Um, yeah. We're just not, to, we're not used to seeing those in this game. I've got to be honest, my prediction was Wales to labour to victory. I thought we'd have enough in the tank, but I certainly didn't expect a, a free scoring try fest. I thought it'd be a question of keeping it tight, waiting for the fitness to take 
hold, and I suppose it did to a certain degree, but come half time, yeah, felt, they, felt a little bit a little bit cagey. Well, when we when we met back up, didn't we? Because we were sitting in obviously different seats. A uh, big thank you to, to, to Mark as well from MSG uh, MSG Tours for those tickets. But um, yeah, they uh, it was looking like they were right back. Well, they were, weren't they? They were right back in the game with two two tries. Um, yeah, I mean, we we blew them away. I th- after after ten minutes, I thought the game was the game was won then, and really, it just. Yeah, I suppose what happened for me was it became one of those situations where the the group of players, you know, it showed that they weren't playing, they haven't played together all that often, and they let Tonga back into the game. But ultimately, it was the fitness that told in the end, really. Yeah, it was. I think, um, and the the bench seemed to make a big impact, didn't, didn't they? In this game, you know, we were we were calling for it, weren't we? Something needed to change, and they really delivered the boys off the bench. Well, this leads us on to the start of the show then, the first part of the show, fact or, fact or Fiction, as we always do it, a beautiful inside pass end from Dan Killick, which I don't get many of. So we're going to start with this one. This is the best strength and depth that Wales have had in the professional era, Fact or Fiction? Fact? Yeah. Um, there is some serious selection dilemmas now, aren't there? Absolutely fact. Yeah. You with me? Oh, yeah, 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 I, I am. I think, like I say, to, I, I had that in my head. Ten minutes into the game, I was like, right, that's going to be the first fact or fiction today. And then come, come half-time, I was like, oh, God, I have to rewrite that one. But then, again, you saw the strength of the bench. You saw some of those players come on. And I think it, I think it, is, I think it is fact. You know, we're just able to, to step up with it. a few key exceptions. Number eight is still one for me. Um, how did you think Seb Davis got on today? I think he, he got through he got through a lot of work I thought he ran some nice lines um, he carried fairly well um, I thought he did great hands isn't he like that, those basketball yeah. passes that you used to see from Michael yeah. Owen yeah did, did, did resemble Michael Owen didn't he I thought he yeah he did he did, he did pretty well um, and I think uh, you know, as, as we mentioned before I don't think we're going to see sort of spectacular performances from, from, from Seb in that different position so yeah good that's You're the not. thing. That's the thing. But I, I don't think he's any more a number eight than Jake Ball is. Jake Ball. Yeah. Uh, wait. I tell you what. The pace. They are of him both. Today. They are both second rows that for pace, me. The pace of him today. Yeah, I thought he was going to make it the whole way when he made that burst. Yeah, he was. Well, we were. We were up, weren't we? I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was going over. Um, and Corey, to be fair as well. Um, yeah, our forwards are, are quick. He. Um, I thought. No, I thought he did. I thought he did all right. Um, I think it's. Um, it's easy to, uh, you know, it's easy to sort of overlook that eight position sometimes. Is this experiment working for you? Because it's not for me. I don't, I don't want to start on the negative, but I think while we're while we're looking at strength and depth, that's the only area of concern I for do, me. I do think it's worked, to be honest, because um, we now have somebody that that can play there and and can at least you know can can at least do you know do a job. I mean, I'm not saying he's you know he's not. You know, he's not a he's not a, a world class eight, yeah. Um, you may say that he's not an international eight, and he, and, he, and he isn't just yet. But he's, you know, it's going to take some time, and yeah, it's, it's an option now, definite option. I think he's, you know, he did an admirable job. I thought it probably his best best performance out of position for Wales. I think. However, I just think that for that World Cup squad, obviously he's not going to start at eight ahead of Falatau or Moriarty. So really, you're looking at him as emergency cover, third choice. And would he do a better job there than a Josh Navidi or an Ollie Griffiths? 
I don't think so. I think they're more eights than than Seb Davis. Is there any other? Is there any any other any other eights that you know maybe you know your your James Kings? Your... Yeah, I mean, I, I think King's just fallen completely off the radar, isn't he? I don't think he's got a chance of. I don't think he would get in that squad as a back rower, still, and I don't think he'd get in there as a lock. The only thing that could. Yeah. He is, but I don't. Th- I think, given the wealth of talent that Wales have got in the back row, I, yeah. I can't see Davis. Uh, sorry, I can't see King getting even close to that squad at the moment. But things can change, and his versatility will play. You know, play into his hands. Yeah. Okay. So you're not. You're not. You're not sold on this here. I'm not sold on Seth Davis at eight. But to come back to the statement, I would say that this is the strongest we've ever been, and I think the proof is, particularly on a game like this, where you look back to. Last year, laboured past Georgia in a really, really ugly game. Year before, you were at that game against Japan. That was horrible. Yeah. Snuck past. Yeah. Sam Davis drop goal snuck past Japan, and yeah, that that obviously wasn't a great one. You know, you look back at other laboured performances against Tonga, losing to Samoa in in 2012. This equivalent fixture, we've never found easy. And today, you know, Tonga are not a bad side. And we really, our second team, put them to the sword. Yeah, Tongara, they've, yeah, they have been building some momentum, haven't they? They've got a win over the French Barbarians. They, you know, they've beaten a couple of good sides this year. So they're not an easy team to to play. And as you pointed out, yeah, we always struggle in this game historically, and we put that to bed now again. Look, we've beaten, you know, we've beaten Australia. We needed to, we needed that, and now we've 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 got this uh, we've got this big win, which which I think a lot of Welsh fans have been. You know, have been looking forward to, um, and we didn't know when it was going to come. But boy, we um, we delivered today. It does make it that much more enjoyable, doesn't it? Like these these fixtures are always going to be the more difficult ones to, you know, to kind of sell out. And obviously, the pricing is a lot more competitive, which is good. But at the same time, like it helps if that you know if there's a five or six year old kid in there who goes to watch a game rugby for the first time. And they see Wales running ten tries. It's just a good. It's good all round. And it was, wasn't it? We saw loads of children, that which was great to see, wasn't it? At the game, um, and uh, few, too, few too many English students behind me for my liking. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was winding you up a bit, wasn't it? With the uh, the, the, the cheers, the cheers for Tonga. I was. Pre- well, look, I'm. I'm absolutely fine with anyone cheering on Tonga, but I wouldn't like if I face off. If I, I was praying someone was going to chin it. Um, <laughs> well, those. Uh, those young boys from Dunvant that were on the uh, on the can necking cans of Carling as we were queuing up, <laughs> I think that guy was lucky that they weren't there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, exactly. I um, yeah, it was just driving me mad because it's like, look, mate, I get it. You, it's a cheap ticket. You've gone and you've gone and watched the game, but like, don't don't ruin it for people who actually do want to sit here and, and watch the game. If you want Tonga to win, that's fine. But like, just doing it out of petulance, you know, like what's the word? Petulance, really. And like you know, if I was, if someone gave me a, a free ticket or a cheap ticket to go to Twickenham to watch England play Japan, for example, of course I'd want Japan to win. And I might, I, I wouldn't be chanting Japan, Japan, Japan in someone else's you'd backyard. Be full, you'd be a full, full Japan kid, wouldn't you? I'd be dressed, I'd be dressed as a geisha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, that, yeah. Brilliant. But yeah, look, strength, strength and depth. I think it's it's really good. And you've said it there, and this leads us on to the next point, which is selection dilemmas. And I suppose some real headaches going into the, the South Africa game. So I'm going to go with this one for you. Dan Bigger proved there's life in the old dog yet. Fact yeah. or fiction? 
the fact, yeah, he, um, he's quality, isn't he? He played. I thought he played really well for that for, for the first twenty minutes. Um, he just controlled it, didn't he? Set everything. We looked so comfortable, and then obviously, then they started to get back in the game, didn't they? Got the driving line out going. Um, we we fell off a couple of tackles, which gave them momentum. Um, and he, I don't know, he was a, he was a little bit out of the game then, wasn't he? Because we couldn't get the ball. Um, but he was he was he was he was excellent for for the first twenty, I thought. You mentioned on Friday night as well when we were on the the trip down how you were interested to see how he was going to go getting quicker ball from Thomas Williams, and I thought that made a massive difference actually. Yeah, it did. They they you know we did look super dangerous, didn't we, in the first um, in the first twenty? And I thought the pack we were so dominant. Then there was a complete sea change, wasn't there? Yeah. I, I don't quite know. It's difficult sometimes to when you're in the ground, but I don't quite know where, why that happened. I guess they just kept the ball and held on to it. Yeah, I, I just think it was, you know, having started really well, the disjointed nature of having a, basically a, a scratch side out there kind of showed. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, they not, not with them not knowing each other, and I guess when they started building a bit of momentum, it, it looked as if we were, we lacked a little bit of leadership at that point. Um, and I think I think you know we said didn't we that it'd be quite good for maybe somebody like Corey Hill to come on who is a natural leader um, to find that. But they they did sort it out didn't they? Ellis Ellis was a little bit quiet for a, for a period. Then he came came right back into the game. Didn't yeah, they? I think there was I think it was enough leaders on the pitch. If you think about bigger, think about Ellis Jenkins. You know Jake Ball is a seasoned international. Yeah, the pack just seemed to. Did you think the pack seemed to sort of go to sleep a little? Bit? Yeah, I just I I just thought okay. it was. Um, I thought they got some good change out of driving lineouts in R22. Yeah. Generally, their, their set piece was pretty garbage, I thought, but they did seem to hit the man when they were in R22, and it just a couple of times we chucked we chucked a man up. Again, I'm going off memory here, but I think this is right. We chucked a man up and got driven back, and we were on the back foot from there. So I think it was just a couple of slip ups. Obviously, there was the intercept try at the start of the second yeah. half as well, which all made it a bit nervous. But yeah, you can't argue with that as a that finish. Was a bit worrying, wasn't it, at that point? And that's that's something that you know. In games of old, we could have we could have crumbled there, couldn't we? Well, yeah, I've I've been in that. Yeah, you know, you're saying we've been in that stadium for games against Japan, against Barbarians, where we've lost, drawn against Fiji. These kind of horror show fixtures that we've just you know we've we've gone to pieces. And it was the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. We really showed, I think, composure, didn't we? Just to just to, just to step it up, and we, I don't know, we just completely blew them, completely blew, blew them apart, didn't we? In that, in that sort of thirty-minute period, um, and we just, we got the offloads going. Um, they couldn't live with us, could they? When those offloads were coming up, and beforehand, they were, you know, when we were just one-up runners, it was quite, it was, it was quite easy for them. We didn't, I didn't think they were, they offered much behind at all. Um, it was just the pack, um, and it was so nice to see some, you know, see the backs and forwards, you know. Flinging the ball around. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Some, Bring, some of Patchell's passing. Well, this this brings us back to back to the ten position and, and back to bigger. Is again, you know, he's he's come off the bench and had a match-winning performance against Australia, a match-winning kick. He's picked up a man of the match award against Tonga. What now does Warren Gatland do at ten? Because you've got Patchell making a massive difference off the bench. You're Anscombe, who's the incumbent and has played well, I would say, this autumn. Yeah, yes. And then you've got Bigger, who's made massive, who's made massive contributions. So, and picked up, yeah, as you said, the man of the match. Yeah, yeah it's going to be one of them's going to be very, very disappointed this week. Who will it be? For me, 
I think I think Bigger's going to be disappointed. Bigger not in the match day 23? Yeah. I actually think um, that Anscombe will start and Patcher will be on the bench. And that is that is actually what I do. No, I, I, this, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, because... I'm a big fan of Patchell, as you know, but I, I don't think that's what Gatlin's going to do. I think Anscombe keeps the shirt, and I think bigger. I think he really, against Australia, I think he really enjoyed having these, these replacements on the bench who can come on and make a difference. I'm not going to use this finishes yeah, bullshit that Eddie that Jones, way. that Eddie Jones was was talking up for a while, but. It does make a difference having players on the bench who can come on and, and have a real impact. And I think if you, in a big test match, like we saw against Australia, as we're going to see next week against South Africa, in a tight spot, you want a man like Dan Bigger, who's got stones the size of houses, to come on and, and tighten things up for you or, you know, or close out a game. But don't you think that we need to see, we need to see Patchell in the red shirt a little bit more because if we get an injury, um, you know, on the if we get if we get an injury at ten, then you know I just feel as if we need to give him some more game time. And I love I, I loved the way in which he played with Alid today. Yeah, I did. I thought it was fantastic. And look, you know how big a fan of Reese Patchell I am. He's, you know, if it was me picking the side, I would build it around Reese Patchell because yeah. I think he's that talented. So would you? So you so you wouldn't you wouldn't go with with, with my with my suggestion then? Or are you saying? think you quite like that but you think Gatlin will go with I quite like it personally I'd start Reese Patchell that's me but I, oh, okay. you know that's yeah. and, and this is not me having a down on Anscombe at all because I think he's been he's been really good and to be honest this is the beauty is next week whoever he picks yeah. I'm, I'm excited it's great isn't it yeah. there's three brilliant tenths I mean this is this is this is so different it's dream stuff isn't it yeah and again bigger reminded everyone today and his, with his cameo last week just how much of a test match animal he is and how much he loves you know he loves playing for Wales and he I just don't think he feels nerves no, he looks so he looks so comfortable doesn't he um, I, I think he's like the opposite to Halfpenny in a way that Halfpenny I think has and I, I don't know this I don't know Lee Halfpenny but he strikes me as the kind of guy who's such a compulsive trainer because it's almost driven by an inferiority complex you know, it's it's like you just you practice, practice, practice. Like people like Johnny Wilkinson, the Olympian Victoria Pendleton used to have the same thing. That she yeah. trained harder because there was almost this bit of a like you know, a fear of, yeah, a fear of of, of that. And I think yeah. that's why Halfpenny has has done so well over the years, just out of pure hard work, practice, and being the best at his game. I almost think bigger doesn't feel that pressure. He he really gets off on it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's something. I mentioned, you know, there's something being really reassuring about seeing Lydia in the, in the sixth year, and it's the same with Bigger, isn't it? When you when you see him, at, uh, you know, you know that he's in the squad. You do you feel safe, don't you? There's there's a there's a, there's a, a sort of bit of comfort that comes from that. Um, and yeah, the kicking, the kicking as well. If, if if someone's having an off game, he's a brilliant kicker, isn't he? Goal kicker. Yeah. I think there's an argument really to say that he's actually the best goal kicker Wales have. I know this is easy to say with half penny having shanked a few simple ones you can't forgive him for them can you, 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 you. no no I, of course I forgive you know like he's Halfpenny for me is one of those players that to be honest like he's got a free you know he could he could throw an intercept pass in the you know in the World Cup final to lose it for us and I couldn't hold it against him for everything that he's done for Wales he's got a free pass like yeah, you know like like Warburton had for me like Mellon those players yeah yeah he's, 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 I, I, 
with you there. Um, he's outstanding, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's the, the depth is, uh, is. We keep on mentioning the depth, don't we? Yeah. But rightly so. You know, it's it's there. It's great. And um, yeah, we're building something pretty special now. I think towards this World Cup, aren't we? Well, again, seamlessly, Dan. This is this is amazing stuff. This leads me on to my next point. Wales will make it nine in a row next week against South Africa. Fact or fiction? Fact. Come on, Wales. Nine in a row. Yeah. This is yeah, it's really exciting. Um, yeah, I can't see us losing, Jeff. There's some, there feels there's something about I don't know, you know when you get we're winning, aren't we? We're winning, we're looking good, there's selection dilemmas all over the park. Um, and I think it's a really happy camp right now. I go. I, I, that that shows, doesn't it? I think all the players are really enjoying themselves. I think confidence, morale, form is pretty high across the board. And again, that comes with having strength in depth because you've got options and you're not reliant on players who, you know, you, you're not scared to throw in players because you don't think they're international class, as we've seen in the in the past. And yeah, that that holds that holds Wales in good stead. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you actually. I think next week is. It's a massive game. It's going to be tough. But I do think, and again, South Africa, uh, I think South Africa are playing as we speak, so haven't had a chance to, to watch their game right now. But mentally, going into that game, Wales will be very, very confident. And I don't think South Africa holds the fear that it once did. I think we've beaten them enough. You know, obviously, we beat them last year with a, you know, it was a, a pretty it wasn't their first team we beat them the year before that in a pretty hollow victory we beat them in 20 when would it have been 2014 I think we beat them as well yeah yeah, we did uh, obviously we lost to them in the World Cup in between but I don't think it holds that fear that it, that it did before and Wales are going to be pumped for this to go out and win all four autumn games which I don't think we've ever done I, I, I don't remember us no, ever doing that we haven't have we well, we, we never beat Southern Hemisphere side, so yeah, no, yeah we, we can't, can't have we can't yeah. have done that, you know, unless there was a really early one where we played Italy and Romania and stuff. But yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's every opportunity to go out and do it next week, and I just think they I think they will. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So I've got a question for you. Fire away. Who are your nines for next week? Do you want to jump? I was going to do the team later on in the show, but let's do that now, shall we? Should we just jump straight to the team, which buys me a little time to to think about it? Use my stalling tactics. Yeah, okay. All right, start. Run it, run it together. Yeah. Start with the forwards, there. Yeah, you go, you go. All right, I and again, this is this is our attacking scrum team rather than what Gatlin's going to pick. But if I was selecting that side next week, I would pick Nicky Smith. Yeah. Or would I? I'll come back to that. Um, Right, Ken Owens is the one who definitely starts in the front row. That's nailed on. Tom Francis, tight head. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to need you're going to need a strong set piece, and I, I just don't. I'm still got a question mark over Nicky Smith when it comes to scrummaging. Scrummaged very well this this campaign, doesn't he? Scotland, he there wasn't a lot of scrums. Um, off, off from memory. There's a few though, but and yeah, yeah. Dan WP now. You know, he's a he's a he's a scrummaging tight head. Scrummage, yeah. Australia can't scrummage for toffee these days. They've gone back to their 
inability to scrummage. I think we do need to give him a bit of credit though, because I know yeah. he's not renowned for his scrummage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been massively impressed with him. Yeah, yeah. he deserves it, doesn't he? All right, go on. You've convinced me he's going to start. I'll start with him. It's not. It's not going to be popular that, but yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he, for me, he deserves it. Second row. Alan Jones, obviously, yeah. the skipper. Yeah. I'm. I, I'm going to say. For the South Africa game, it's a horses for courses. Jake Ball gets the nod for me. For that galloping run. For that galloping run. What I was an angle that was. I well. have to say, when we when we spoke to when we had Steph on the show a few weeks ago, Steph would be happy with that. Steph would be happy with that. And um, yeah, he's you know he was advocating Ball coming back into the side. Then I wasn't at that point in time. I kind of thought I hadn't seen enough from Ball to suggest he's he was kind of fully back to the his test match best. But I thought he was very good today, and yeah, I think he's hard. yeah he carried hard that that bullocking run, run. Yeah. some good counter rucking. He and seemed I, to really stand up, didn't he? When we when the forwards went a little bit yeah got a little bit lost, and you, you just saw him sort of find you know some bullocking runs, some unbelievable angles. Yeah, I agree, good. and yeah. I think for the South Africa you need that that dynamism and that ball carrying more than the neat and tidy athleticism that that Corey Hill brings but again Hill coming off the bench you saw what he did against Australia you saw what he did again today I think he's he's almost carving out a bit of a niche for himself as someone to come on and yeah, and really add some impact yeah he is there's a lot he's technically technically good isn't he you know can run the line out and he's another he's another captain isn't he a, ca- yeah. a captain within um, within the team, so really, yeah. I'm I'm happy with that choice. Yeah. All right, so we're going we're going with Ball so and Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah. Back row, Tipperick and Moriarty pick themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would go with Dan Lydia again. I wasn't massively impressed with him against Australia, but he's very good against Scotland. And again, horses for courses um, scenario. You are going to need to get through a hell of a lot of tackling against South Africa, and. He would, he would be my choice at six. Yeah, I would go with, uh, I would go with him for definite, and uh, I think this might lead nicely on to. Uh, can you have a little pop at, uh, have a little go with Sean Ollie here? <laughs> Sean Ollie's impressed. <laughs> he's, he's throwing this one in. Yeah. Th- thank you, Dan. Over here in the staff pad. This is where, this is where I was privileged enough to play with to coach Justin Tipperick of the Ospreys, players like Justin Tipperick, Alan Jones, and Daniel Berger. That is how, that's outstanding. I have quite a playing around with that, giving you, yeah, when we sat next to each other in the second half, yeah. dropping in a bit of a bit of Sean Holly, that watching is, it, watching the game with you. He's fairly good. You dress like him as well. I so. do not dress like Sean uh, Holly, nor do I sing like <laughs> Sean Holly. Decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. That is but. very, very good. <laughs> I have quite I have quite enjoyed that one, yeah. Um So we'll go with uh, we're going with Lydia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's got the he's got the six. I think so, yeah. And all right, into the backs. Yeah. Uh, if this is me, I'm picking Thomas Williams. I don't think Alan will, but I would pick Thomas. I know he had the intercept today, but I just saw the ball. The ball was a lot quicker from what I saw, and I think that's that's something that we would we would benefit from. And nice combo with with Anscombe. We know each other well. Yeah. Uh, uh, admittedly, Anscombe's played a lot of 15 this season, but they'll train together. They know each other's game. And towards the World Cup as well, that's a, it's a good call, isn't it? Mm. He's he's proven that he, he looks you know, he looks good enough, doesn't he? Um, so I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with with him. And, and you know, if we can we talk about the bench now as well with the nine, yeah, while we're on it. So I would go with Alid on the bench again, looking towards that World Cup. 
I thought he played very well today. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was very good today. But next week is about getting the win, and I think Thomas has done enough to deserve a start. So even though he had some errors in there today, you know, I think he's just. What about building them? What about building towards? Well, yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. What's more important is that Alan Davis is going to be third choice scrum half going into the World Cup, probably right. I would be very surprised if he, uh, without an injury, yeah, I, I don't think we learn anything by having Ali Davis on the bench. I think, yeah, I think, but, but, but with Ali, I, I think he has got that controlling element in him. His, his kicking, his um, his box kicking was excellent today, wasn't it? His delivery, I thought I think his box kicking is the best out of the three. Yeah, actually, his delivery was outstanding. So that that one pass that he shot out wide was was, was gorgeous. And he um, scored one of the best tries that and we've he scored, seen. Yeah, so I, for me, he. Um, He's got a place on the bench and looking towards that World Cup. I think that's I what Yeah, you say looking to towards the World Cup, but I d- we've seen enough of Alan Davis to know what he's capable of, and I thought he was very good today. And I think he could be the answer, Jet, to the, to the controlling the controlling nine that we're looking for. I think there's more to be learned by starting Thomas Williams and having Gareth Davis on the bench as a potential match winner to come on and do what he do what he does best, take advantage of some broken play, run those great support lines and, and get over the try line. Okay, so you're going... I'm going to so let you're going, you, yeah. yeah, all right. I'm going I'm to pick the nine, and I'm going to let you have the rest of the backs to pick from. Right, I'm putting my foot down and saying Thomas Williams or Gareth Davis on the bench would be my selection. Okay, and put I'm going to let you run. Put in different camps. Yeah, so. go go free <laughs> with the best with the rest of the backs. Um, Okie dokie. So I would go with uh, with Anscombe. A ten, yeah. Yeah. Who would you have then? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I say, I, I, I love Patchell, but I think. It's kind of academic. He won't. Start, he will not start Patchell. I can. I can understand the logic in starting Anscombe. So I'm happy for you to to do that. I've just. You know. I just love watching Patchell play. I want to see him play whenever he's available. But um, he's exciting, isn't he? Oh, he's a mate. That he gets you on again. The some of those. Some of those passes are sublime. Yeah, his, yeah, his range of passing skills is so nice. But but really, Anscombe is the is the incumbent. He's done nothing to deserve losing that shirt. So. I'm going with Ans- uh, I'm happy for you to, to pick okay, Anscombe there. So Anscombe there. Um, Hadley Parks? Bone of contention. He's certainly not been at his best, but I think it's fair enough. I think he's got enough credit in the bank to get another game. And I think he also... Um, yeah, I think he... You know, Even though he's not been playing well, he's not playing well as a 6 out of 10. It's not a disaster. He certainly doesn't let you down particularly. And I think, again, you need solid, dependable players against South Africa, and he is just that. And the fact that he hasn't been, he hasn't hit the heights of, that, that we know that he's got probably means that he'll have an absolute blinder in, uh, in this game, hopefully. Possibly, and, you know, I, I think the only other option you've got there is Watkin. Did he do, I, I thought he was good, some great strips, I thought he played well. Whether or not he's done enough in that game to, to dislodge Parks... Yeah, I don't. I don't think so just yet. Yeah, he seemed solid, didn't he? I thought some of the back, some of the running today was a little bit lateral. Um, mm. You know, Holmes had to sort of, on, on I think three or four occasions, had to had to had to be the one to straighten up, didn't we? He looked very, he looked very comfortable, didn't he? Um, Holmes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So let's go. So we'll go with uh, we're going with Parks. Yeah. Go Parks. Just twelve. Fox at um, thirteen. Yeah to say any more about that back yeah. three gets, back, this is where it gets interesting it gets very very interesting and we're going to talk about the back three after this very very short break don't go anywhere
back three then, Dan. I don't know where to start. Let's let us assume that this is a good thing. Uh, that George North is fit. Okay, we're going to yeah. assume that. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Okay. Um, just for the purposes of, of this debate, what are you doing in the back three? So if North is fit, he'll sure. start. Won't he? And Josh Adams has to start, surely. You can't, you can't drop Josh Adams after that game. It starts. No way. How? Liam played well today, didn't he? Yes, but Liam playing well against Tonga versus Josh Adams's yeah. borderline man of the match performance against he was he was brilliant. against Australia. He really was. And again, it was his strength that impressed me. Yeah, I didn't really realise how strong he was. He's big as well, isn't he? Big unit. When he was when he was warming up today, it's uh, a real size on him. Uh, and did he get off the bench? He didn't, did he? Sure, no, I think he did. No, no. So, um, okay, so I think that I think that tells you he's going to start. So he deserves his spot, yeah. Yeah. And what? Liam on the bench. Liam on the bench and half as a fullback. Yeah, I'm happy. Happy with that. It's not easy, though, is it? No. Yeah. And obviously, if North isn't fit, then Sanjay comes straight in to the to the yeah, wing berth. Straight in. I thought he he was he was he was he was different today in a good way, wasn't he? I thought he was exactly what he what he always does. Actually, he looked to go. He was a threat around the try line. He, yeah. He scored a he scored a you know great finish for his first try. Uh, yeah, puts in big. T- he does exactly what you what you expect from him. Have we settled this debate? Because obviously I was very keen at one point to see him at fullback. A number of people have mentioned that on social media across the weeks. Have we settled this debate once and for all now that he's going to play on the wing? It does look as if he's going to that they're they're looking for him to be on the wing, doesn't it? I mean, especially with them playing um, Holmes of you know Holmes of fullback, I suppose. Um, but he's, he's definitely an option there, isn't he? Because you know we should, he's played there a number of times, and he's he's lethal, isn't he? It's just the positional play that's and, and, and the passing they're a little bit worried about, aren't they? But the passing actually is the is the thing. I think he's he's so good under the high ball. His defence is good. I think his positioning is is good enough to play yeah. Test match rugby at fifteen. Obviously, we know he's counter attacking. That's the whole point of you picking him at fifteen. Is is that? However. My main concern is he doesn't pass it enough. I think he always tries to go himself. Yeah, that's the that's that's the coach's concern as well, isn't it? I think is the passing element. Um, but yeah, it does look as if that's um, that's probably uh, probably been answered now, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's that's whatever whatever happens there. That is not a bad side. And then so that would leave what with the bench. Just to recap, you've got uh, Elliot D. Hooking. Yep. Dylan Lewis. Yes. Rob Evans. If we're saying Nicky Smith starts. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Hill. Corey Hill. Ellis Jenkins, I would say, as as backup. Um, he probably will be, won't he? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he's looked a little bit rusty for me, Ellis. I think he. Um, well, he was a bit quiet in the first half. Then he showed some great signs with that. Got that crucial that, that turn brilliant over, turnover. Kind of the game. Game seemed to turn a little bit off, off yeah. the back of that, you know. Yeah, big, you're big, right. Actually, it was a big moment that wasn't it. He does. Ellis is one of those guys, isn't he? That he he does. It was difficult for us today, wasn't it? Because um, obviously we're in, we're, in the, we're in the ground and you can't see everything. But he does things that tend to change. They alter yeah. the game, don't they? Um, so it'd be good to watch it back. But yeah, I, I think he's. He, it's best have him on the bench. Wainwright impressed me again today. I think he's going very, very well. Yeah, that, that offload was lovely, wasn't it? Great offload. And he popped up. I thought generally, actually, that first 
10 minute period was just great to see the intent there. Straight for the corner, rumbled over, first try. Again, the, the pop, the, the offloads were pretty fearless. And, you know, taking, taking that third try as well. I thought that was really, really good to see. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Wainwright's got. I think Wainwright's gone well, but I think Jenkins would get that position for me. And then, as you've said, on the bet, well, I, I, I've overruled you. I've, I've, I would put Gareth Davis on the bench. Then you've got your same Patchell on the bench with bigger missing out. I am. Yeah, looking towards the World Cup. Okay, this is your uh, this is your phrase for tonight, isn't it? it and is, then, yeah. yeah, and then Liam Williams, your back three cover. All right, with that in mind, Dan. Looking towards the World Cup, Wales beat South Africa next week, and they go into their pool as favourites. Fact or fiction? Ooh. It's it's probably a fact, isn't it? That I is... think it's I think it's a fact yeah. for for na- like if the World Cup was played straight after the Autumn Internationals, you'd have to say that that Wales going as favourites. They're still the best part of a year to to go. Australia have this uncanny habit of peaking at the right time, you know, even when they've so been in disarray before they've they've turned up at World Cups. But I do think that this this run of form, especially if they can especially if they can get the, the win against South Africa next week, I think Wales will go in not really fearing anyone. Yeah, no, we do, we don't need to we don't need to fear anyone, do we? I think part of the fear as well was was in our heads that we knew that you know on our day if we put out our best 15 we could you know we were a match for anyone but then when we had a few injuries we were we were really really light and struggling and that's something that we've now built on and had to work at and it's it's testament to the to, to the coaches isn't it every single one of them that they've you know that they've they've sort of developed this strength and it all and it does go back to to the regions as well got a lot of good players yeah, it has. Yeah, I mean, it's brought us full circle, the whole way round back to our first point. Really, that that strength in depth is not only a good thing for now, but it is crucial for next year. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, isn't it? We've got there's so many sort of uh, selection. You know, we could easily pick another side, couldn't we? That would be, you know, uh, you know, as you know, potentially as as good. Really, you know, there's there's and that's. That's a great place to be, isn't it? And there's just competition all over the park. So, yeah, it's a good, good camp right now. It is. And how much do you think that happy camp is is going to play into Wales's hands? You know, how much of a of an important factor is that? Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? I mean, confidence is confidence is so powerful, isn't it, in everything? Um, and you know, we just we just seem to be in a in a really sort of there's almost like a an arrogance, but there's like a real confidence. We 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 know what we're we, we look we know what we're doing, don't we? Mm. We're playing we're playing good rugby. It's fun, and uh, I think you know looking towards this World Cup now, it's 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 just at the right time away. Yes, you know. Yeah, I agree. Six Nations is going to be is going to be very very tough, isn't it? It's such a such a demanding tournament with the you know with the scheduling and the, and the, the quality of all the teams now, um, and that's gonna that's gonna be great because the the build up and preparation that comes from that will be be important as well. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. Actually, is as great as this Wales winning streak is, is the real test actually going to be 
in February and March next year when we play strong, you know, strong set of home nation sides plus France and Italy. Is that going to determine more about the the form going into the World Cup? What do you what do you think? You know, in a way, is it more important than the autumn? I think it all it all sort of adds up really, doesn't it? Because when you get these, you know, when you get these wins and you're playing, you know, you're playing the likes of Tonga and you know Australia, you just to, just to know that you've won and, and you know, for instance, today we won comfortably, didn't we? Um, but you know, we got that win against Australia, so it does help, even you know. Even if uh, the performances are, are slightly different, then come, you know, come the come the autumn, uh, come the, the Six Nations. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, the Six Nations is closer to the World Cup, so naturally you'd feel that, you know, those games are going to be probably, you know, uh, slightly more, you know, slightly more important then, aren't they? Because they're, there's they're, the intensity goes up. Then. Quick history lesson for you, though. Think back to 2015. Wales lost to England in our own backyard on Friday night, you may remember. Yes. DJ Spoonie, DJ set before the game. Uh, James Haskell ran into the post. We scored early on, but got pretty blown away in the rest of the game. Think, you know, so obviously that later on that year, we go and turn England over in their own backyard, make the World Cup quarterfinals. Think back to 2011. Lost to England quite convincingly again on a Friday night um, in Cardiff. Didn't really have a you know didn't really have a great Six Nations at all. Certainly wouldn't have looked at that side and said, oh yeah, we're going to go on and make the World Cup semi-final. So while it is important, I actually do think the autumn is more important because traditionally our block has been against Southern Hemisphere sides, and if you can beat if you can beat. Um, Australia and South Africa and throw Tonga into the mix. I think that does wonders for, especially having beaten Argentina earlier on in the year. I think it does wonders for the confidence. Yeah, some, some, yeah, some really good, really good, really good points there. So it is a really good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> impressed with the history there as well. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what? So we're uh, we're pretty happy then. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. This, uh, well, like I say, you know, again, you, you you look back at these fixtures over the years, and it's always been the the dud game. You know, I can't think of many ones. You know, there's been the occasional thrashing of Canada or something like that, but there's certainly not been there's not been many games where we've finished playing against one of the so-called you know lesser nations, the, the the kind of the fourth game, if you like, and we've come away saying, yeah, do you know what? Everything's rosy. And you can see with um, the coaching as well, can't you? Obviously, this is—it's uh, all building, isn't it, towards that, you know, towards that World Cup? They look—they really want it, don't they? The coaching staff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at particularly last week, the reaction that Sean Edwards had. Yeah. He looked as if he could have gone through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure he has done it at a few points. He probably has. <laughs> but yeah, I think that—I um, think that tells you that tells you how important it was. You know, to, to finally shift that, shift that jinx, hoodoo, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's it's been massive in that regard. Quick prediction for for next week. Wales by Wales by five. Tight game. Wales by two for me. Twenty four twenty two. Okay. Tough game for the uh, for the old nerves, but I think that in a way is. 
is even more valuable. Yeah, week. we just we got a win as well, haven't we? It's going to be it'd be disappointing if we if we don't uh, if we don't get a win there. Where are you watching next week? Um, I'm actually working next weekend, so it's uh, evening kickoff. Ah, there we go. It's five. It's five, isn't it? It's five. Five twenty, five thirty, something like I'll that. Probably yeah. watch that in the house, actually. Peace and quiet. Well, yeah, hopefully peace and quiet. Just me and the dogs, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no interruptions. Man's best friend. Exactly. Uh, I we're going to the to the Peak District to see our mate Colin, who's the farmer. Ah, Colin. Yeah. So we're staying on the farm. And I'm hoping that'll be a good luck charm because I watched the second the second lions test up there with him, so I'm hoping that that's uh, that that's going to prove yeah. to be a yeah a lucky charm if you like. Yeah. So yeah, fingers fingers crossed that will be the case. We're gonna have some more chat about um, the South Africa game later on this week when I'm catching up again with Ben Pegner, who was on the show recently. He helped us preview the uh, the Australia and Tonga games. So if you haven't listened to that original one with Ben, it's fantastic. Go back, have a listen uh, to his stories about um, sharing a flat with Tom Shanklin, who we met today, in fact, and uh, also playing under Francois Pinar, coaching with Jose Mourinho, going to Ghana with Michael Essien. Really interesting chat, wasn't it? Yeah, to playing at at, um, Virginia Park for Caffili in the... uh, in the late 90s so uh, and yeah ben, and Ben also don't forget that he, he called it didn't he he said that uh, I can see I can see four wins for Wales he did call that and yeah obviously we'll be, we'll be chatting about that in a bit more detail and he's a guy who knows South African rugby inside out having just come back been coaching the likes of Jesse Creel and Andre Pollard these kind of players he knows he knows South African rugby very very well so uh, having played and coached over there so that'll be an interesting one uh, and another bonus podcast for you so don't say we don't treat you well uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that one and let us know what you think on Twitter at Attacking Scrum uh, if you also want to uh, join our Facebook group which is absolutely flying just had another load of people we've had to add to it it's simply called Wales Rugby Fans and a big thanks to Stephen who's been helping out by becoming an admin on there as well taking a bit of the, the work off me because I cannot rely on Dan Killick for that stuff but make sure you join that like our Facebook page as well and finally big thanks to Scott at So Coffee Trades for sponsoring us and again as always there's Christmas gifts he sent me this one Dan this is one you're going to have to get your hands on um, this is like a big um, a big Christmas hamper set you get cafetiere in there mugs obviously some of the fantastic coffee as well so yeah make sure uh, make sure you do that and the final thanks to um, thanks to Mark Gardner at MSG Sports who uh, who sorted us out with, uh, with the tickets today and uh and yeah, we stayed here. We stayed in Cardiff with him. Had a great chat with him last night, and we'll have um, yeah an- another great podcast to look forward to in a couple of weeks, where we look ahead to Rugby World Cup and what to expect from uh, not just the teams, but also Japan, Japan as a country. Yeah, it was a great insight, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, Japan as a guy who's done it, as a guy who's done a recce, uh, what three times he's been over there, and yeah. it's it's amazing because I just thought of Japan as busy, bustling Tokyo, and there's so much more to the country. The, climates and yeah so that's a really really fascinating one and of course we have a little trawl back through some of the our favorite world cup memories and stuff as well so stay tuned for that one coming up soon uh, but we'll be back to chat rugby with you later in the week make sure you check it out thanks for listening
Social Podcast Network.